Remember the name! And my goodness, it's gone way down to Swansea. Goldie finishes off in style. I was, I was sat in the cabinet room and it was like hosting me on meeting. The big man, the fridge is open. He's flown like a gazelle. What can Chris Gale do? He goes low. Hello there and welcome to The Wrongan, the weekly cricket show that is here to get you abreast of the game in depth, incisive and in as entertaining a manner as possible. Uh, does that sound like our remit, Ollie Gordon, and do you think we've ever accomplished that? It's certainly something I'd like to provide. I'm not sure I am the person that provides any of those. Um, maybe Satch, Max and yourself are, are doing the majority, potentially. Entertaining, perhaps incisive, doubt it. In depth, probably. Yeah, entertain, educate, and inform. Exactly the same as the remit of the BBC, uh, except if you can't do anything and there's just me, Satch is uh, currently apparently packing before he heads off to sunny Sicily, so he's unavailable. Uh, but let's get straight into it. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I'd say at the moment, I'm in as good a mood as the great US of A, a continent that's its cheers have been heard around the globe this week as their men's side qualified for the 2024 Men's T20 World Cup. I mean, it, it must have completely set all 51 of those seats ablaze. Yeah, I mean, it was only in reading the script for this show that I actually realised this was happening, but it, it, it is You're good not news. supposed to reveal stuff like that. You're supposed to uh, act yeah. like you're keyed into the information. We've heard this ages ago, obviously, so um, I've known it for a while. Um, but... There's got to be a lot of untapped potential there, so it can only be a good thing. I'm quite liking the idea that when USA cricket really does pick up, and obviously there is a franchise tournament that Stephen Mullaney played in uh, for Florida, I think, the Scorpions maybe, this year. So it's getting there. Um, but like a county championship game is going to go and play in California, just like the NFL and the Major League Baseball come and hold a game here. Uh, we're going to send a championship game over there and they're going to love it. A uh, franchise gig in Florida for a few weeks against effectively semi-pro opposition as a professional sportsman must be absolute dreams all coming at once. It was a good standard. I think there were a lot of West Indians there. So, um, yeah, there was there was a draft and some, some coverage on YouTube. So it's a thing. And they're in the World Cup. So clearly, uh, clearly a good sort of pathway. Yeah, I mean, most things are on YouTube. Even the county championships moved on to YouTube uh, these days. Uh, but the USA being in the T20 World Cup is uh, is exciting, is it not? Do you not think? Just, well, I mean, it, it is a competition that they've qualified for, which they are hosting anyway. So I assume that's why they qualified, which is not, oh no, I feel incredibly embarrassed now. Because all I saw was a tweet from ESPN Cricket Info saying the USA qualified for the uh, Mental World Cup in 2024. And I just thought, oh, that's great. They must have won some qualifiers. But now I look like an idiot because I've just gone to the Wikipedia page and it says two births qualified as hosts. So they're just leading me on. They're from the top here. United States are hosting the 2024 Cricket World Cup. T20 with the West Indies. Ah, oh, right, okay. And I've just opened this show saying, oh, they've done really well to qualify for that. Turns out they're just hosting it. That's why they've already qualified. So, so yeah, well done, me. I still reiterate all those things I said before about, you know, untapped potential and stuff. That sounded quite good, I thought. 
yeah, I mean, it should it should be interesting. I don't think there's going to be that many games played in the USA, but as as we all know, Crickinfo has an enormous number of readers that live in the US. It's it's actually sort of quite frightening and insane. It's something like their it might even be their second biggest market. I think it's at the very least their third in terms of uh, number of uh, eyeballs on web pages, and and yeah, it's it's predominantly down to expat. Pakistani and Indian communities, but it's there's, there is there is the potential for them to one day be a, a proper cricketing side, and that that will surely gradually grow over time. And for them to be uh, for them to qualify for their own World Cup is a big step in that, even if it is just because they're hosts. No, you make a great point. And actually, talking about eyeballs on sites, that's uh, prompted me to go on to the Nottinghamshire page, because I thought I saw the United States come up, and actually United States are the second I don't really know how to phrase this outside of the UK more people look at the Trent Bridge site from United States than anywhere So Yeah, Could, can you get it uh, narrowed down by state? Do you have, are you sort of big in Oregon maybe, or big in New York? Uh, no. The Alaskans lapping up Mulaney <laughs> I can well it'd be the Floridans Floridans Floridians uh, I suppose um, having been a having been a player there but yeah 2,100 page views in the last uh, 30 days that's good I mean it's probably people from Nottinghamshire currently living in the US but I really like to think that there is a bloke who was once a real baseball fan and has uh, and has changed his colours just due to the content that you pumped out about Stuart Broad and Fletcher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's you know, we talked about prep. We talk about prep frequently because we do a lot of it. But that's, that's facts I've just brought. Talk about incisive in-depth analysis. Yeah, well, we move on from, from prep in which I said the US have done excellent, excellently to qualify for World Cup when it turns out they've just been selected to uh, by dint of being hosts. Uh the county championship, that's what has been consuming the majority of your time this past week, Ollie, as as the in-house propagandists at Nottinghamshire County Cricket Club. It's been a really interesting opening week, haven't it? A lot of draws, six draws out of eight, and some big runs flying around in this early April week, which sort of, I don't know, maybe those English batsmen are getting some practice out there on those uh, on those green seamers. Yes, well, the draws are because of the runs, in essence, aren't they? Um, and I wish I could come here and say that I, you know, it's because X, Y, and Z. Maybe you know, players are more prepared, or the pitches are less conducive to see movement, or you know, whatever it might be. I don't, I don't think there was ever sort of a narrative that it's going to be easier for some reason this season. Um, I don't think it's a great. I don't think it's a great sign for the domestic season if all if six out of eight games are being drawn in the first week. Well, I mean, uh, some people were complaining about Alistair Cook running in to turn his arm over, and uh, Alistair Cook, Rory Burns, Mark Stoneman, Rob Yates, Dan Lawrence, Justin Carey's Bell Drummond, deploy you know Madsen. They, they've all had a bowl. They've all had a bowl this past week. And if I were Dan Lawrence, I'd be um, you know. A bit, a bit. He's a test match. He's a test match bowler. He's a test match bowler. He's been put in the same bracket as people who have bowled like three first class overs. Um, it was the lad running in impersonating uh, Bumrah that was the real clinch for me. That was good. There are all sorts. And Cook did an impression of someone. I'm not quite sure who with his arms. I don't know who he was supposed to be with his arms. Look, he was having a lovely old time. 
was. It was there was serious preseason friendly vibes, despite the fact there was actual sort of county championship points to be fought for. Um, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd assume that it is like a factor. The you know whether it's the weather that has dried the pitches out and there's less movement and the grass has been cut a little bit shorter that has made it a bit easier for batting. I don't believe that there's been a massive sea change in the capability of um, batters in the domestic game. But uh, yeah. And two of those games, one was at the Oval, one was at Chelmsford. And uh, as far as I'm aware, were you shaking your head? Yeah, it was at, it was at Warwickshire, not the Oval. Oh, right. Well, that's a disappointment. Apparently, I bet it's really unseasonally warm in Edgebuster, and I've, I've heard two hours south of me. It's quite frankly tropical. Uh, on the, tro- the subject of Cook hitting 100, it seems topical. Uh, a real batting deck at Chelmsford with uh, over 1,100 runs for just 21 wickets to fall. Uh, so it, in the context of that, when about five people have got centuries, it seems less significant that Cook has got exactly 100. But given that England have had so many trolls with their batting lineup, and then you just keep seeing this former England captain who retired from England about three and a half years ago just continue to churn out runs like a, like a little Chelmsford-based run factory... <laughs> which is the best uh, best analogy I could think of. You do sort of think, oh god, yeah, he's still good, isn't he? He still he still knows where the boundary is, and he still knows when to leave it. Yeah, I don't think Kent, with the greatest of respect, and probably the best, you know, sort of acid test for his capabilities and as an international batsman. If that's what you're suggesting, that he needs to come out of retirement and um, sparing his blushes. But uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's he's I I surely gets the point with him where he he just gets I wouldn't say bored, but physically, what what is and, limited- and financially, yeah, what, what, what just- <laughs> like he can go he can go on his farm, he can have a lovely time on his farm. What's he what's he doing bothering? Like there is there must be a limit to which you can enjoy hammering runs away in the county championship at the age of. 37 when you've been financially settled for life I mean England has captain for about 20 years and you've got your farm to hand you've got a family was it was he getting out of it well yeah that's sort of my question like I, I don't know if he's not bored now then when will he be and he's clearly a badger so therefore and there's I don't I mean I'm sure there are physical limitations on him on, a, on any cricketer on any batter um but if he if he's fine now, then what's to say he can't carry on for a number of years still? I do like you know. Let's not let's not get carried away. Twenty people, I think, over twenty batters got um, hundreds on the first day on the first game week of the season. Uh, so. And yet, and yet, we said that English batting wasn't wasn't strong at the moment. And how those batsmen have proved us wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think time will tell whether that's if if we get twenty hundreds every game week of the season. Um, then I'll agree that English batting's in a good place. But on Cook, there was an interesting point from uh, Ben Jones on Twitter saying that, like, <laughs> Cook, in this sort of year and a bit before he retired from England, played 21 tests, which mm. is an insane number. And it really does make you think, like, obviously, if, if England didn't play so many tests, Cook wouldn't have had so many test caps. That That's obvious. But if England had sort of played a few fewer games, whether we would have got more of a sort of longevity out of Cook and just almost wanting to play Test cricket because he was obviously still 
at the general ability to play test cricket. We've all seen the quality of England's openers since. Uh, Rory Burns does have the best average at 30 of any England opener to debut since 2015. And it, you just sort of think, God, it must have been a really grueling schedule. And maybe that's that's what it is. When we're saying, how do you, why would you want to keep playing in the county championship? It's just, it's just lovely and easy. It's just really nice. He gets, to, he's not, he's not flying yeah. around the world. He goes, he goes to his family at the end of the day. He's not spending three hundred days a year not with them. He does a good job. He earns a little bit more that he can whack into his pension tax free. And yeah, I'll put to you though that Cook wouldn't be um, put on the pedestal that he is if England didn't have that density of games because he wasn't like a swashbuckling you know, like Maverick, like Peterson was. Like Peterson could have been in the test team for, say, four years. I don't know what it was in the end, maybe eight years. No, he was there for about 10 years, uh, I reckon. He scored, he played over 100 tests. Cooks, yeah, that was a bad example, actually. But Cooks, (laughs) um, Cooks sort of legend status came out out of his consistency and his capability to just churn out runs time after time after time. If If he was playing the number of games that, I don't know, let's, pick like a New Zealand play per year. I think that was a comparison that yeah, um, Williamson saying that they play like two tests a year basically. Then Cook would have had to keep playing until he's about ninety five to, to play the same number of tests. So um it probably does speak volumes actually, you know the reason he is held in such regard is because he played so many games for which he has I suppose the ECB to thank for wanting to rake in money. Yeah, I suppose. And then again if he pro- if he'd uh been able to keep up with a longer career he'd probably end up have played fewer tests but just in more years yeah so he wouldn't yeah. have been able to cash in all those runs for Essex which, <laughs> which I'm sure would have just really disappointed our Max Perry elsewhere a lot of runs uh, I've got written down at the Oval as well as not was at Edgebaston uh, Surrey will be disappointed though in a way that they had Warwickshire down seven down for about 280 and then Warwickshire went and posted 531 Real sort of missed opportunity, and then it just becomes a a draw with nineteen wickets taken over the course of four days. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think they played a few games yeah. like that, didn't they? Everyone bought into how, um, you know, what sort of pointless game it was after. You know, when you got you literally had Ben folks laughing behind the stumps at Roy Burns running in because he is becoming more and more Lord Farquhar every day. <laughs> um. Yeah, that probably says a lot about the state of the game. But let like to be serious for a second, two actually really good sides. So when they do get onto a pitch, if I'm going to blame the pitch, I'm not entirely sure what it was. I probably didn't see enough of the game. Um, Great English batting. Yeah, uh, yeah, potentially. Um, if there if there's a, a pitch that's more you know an even game between bat and ball, then it'll be interesting to see how those two sides get on this year because there are a lot of sides, including Hampshire, who obviously won, um, who will be you know pretty back themselves to to win Division One this year. Well, I want to say, I think that's probably the uh, the standout result of the round. Great start from Hampshire. Absolutely pumping a Somerset side, which didn't have any batsmen, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and when you've got the likes of uh, Abbott and Abbas lining up against you on uh, the first game of the season in, in April, they walked out to bat, and I think within about an hour, the game was gone. Yeah, I... I, I do think Hampshire are really strong. I probably didn't realise how good they were actually until I watched them last year, um, later on in the season. And um, generally, they just have all bases covered. I think Abbas and Abbott, you have you know two serious strike bowlers who complement each other with one sort of 
group pace. Um, I think there's an over on social media of Abbott against Ben Green, um, which looked horrible to face. Like mixtures of just putting it on us on the spot, and then the shorter ball that attacks the ribs, and Abbas is just so difficult to get away because he bowls force dump. Then they got other players who can come and um, complement that, whether that's sort of Mason Crane, Liam Dawson, um, Felix Organ as well, who's a good little player. So yeah, I think they've got all bases covered, paired with the fact that Somerset had a terrible Division One sort of cameo at the end of last year and it seems like their momentum has or lack of momentum has continued into this year yeah and those wickets for Hampshire as well uh Abbas took seven over the course of the game but they were all sort of really shared out it wasn't a Kesh Maharaj and uh Simon Harmer deal of taking taking all 10 wickets to just a couple of players uh but they, they do look like they've got a stronger bowling line of the season and also for them massive you skittle out Somerset for virtually nothing and then put on a massive opening stand of about 200 odd straight away that's the the real dominance there well that's the thing you you can you never know really do well it's so cliche but you never know what a pitch is like until both sides bat on it so say Hampshire gets skittled over and you probably start to start to stop complimenting their bowling so much and say oh this is this you know it's a low scoring pitch but the fact that they go out and can can make a statement um with a bat, yeah, I think proves that have they they have got bases covered this year. And would, what are we going for? Uh, performance of the week, going to go for Ryan Higgins, seven wickets and a century, and then but then he dropped one late in the game. That. He dropped one late that. in the game that's that sort of cost. I say cost. He'd already taken seven wickets and got hit a century. Sort of cost Gloucester the victory. And it ended up with Northants sort of surviving by the skin of the mm. teeth with two wickets remaining. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know how you'd feel about that after you've had such a great performance. And then you drop, it was a little bit like that Usman Khawaja drop against uh, Pakistan where he still had the lid on it uh, mid-off uh, in terms of the impact you have on the game. And then it's like, oh, he's ruined that game for them. But he hasn't yeah, been the only reason they've got a chance of winning it. Um, yeah, I mean, he was he's top of the MVP PCA rankings, which is some sort of fancy algorithm designed by Ben Jones and his friends. So I suppose that's good enough for me. If it's um, if it's good enough for mathematicians to be the best performance of the week, it's it's probably good enough for me. Um, but there were two there were two teams that won this week, Bertie. Let's not forget that. And who was that second team? <laughs> I think it was Nottinghamshire. So. Uh, so, so, so right. given that that was the only game that either of us have watched in depth and you probably watched virtually every minute of it uh, <laughs> how was uh, Sussex against Nottingham this weekend in your in-depth knots eye for this week it was good I was actually watching more of a more um, as a fan than a or sort of supporter than a actually working because a couple of my colleagues were down there so I was just watching the stream um, oh you weren't even there I was not there Oh, I just always always imagine you're yeah. actually having a lovely time on the ground, but you were sat watching oh, yeah. on a YouTube stream, which is which sounds a lot more sad. Yeah. It is often the case that I am there, but we're fortunate we have about four or five of us in the team now, so we can rotor out the uh, the games. So Sussex came up, and I sort of on our rotor meeting and sort of looked at the floor and hoped no one would see me. And then Middlesex came up at Lords, and I um, put my hand up straight away and got that one. So I'll be down there in a couple of weeks. But yeah, I wasn't actually in Sussex; I was just business as usual at Trent Bridge um, just watching the game while, while my colleagues Matt and uh, Dan slaved away but yeah having won the toss Sussex obviously got 370 I think it was in the end and again you start to be you start to 
fear the fear the worst. Um, and then knots were fifty for four, I think it was in reply. And already there, you're thinking, right, it's not actually a flat pitch. We just maybe haven't bowled as well, or Sussex batted really well, which they did, to be fair. Um, and then Stephen Mullaney, captain's knock, 190. Unfortunate, I'd say, not to be in the cricketers' uh, team of the week. But, um, yeah, he sort of rescued proceedings with 190. Joey Everson with 100. Um, and without sort of going into too much detail, managed to... to um, roll Sussex in that second inning. So I think it's actually quite a good thing, and this not just knots, but for any side to come through a bit of hardship and difficulty in that first week and win is important. Because if you're just rolling sides every week, you know there's that sense that, that complacency might creep in or whatever. So all told, yeah, a pretty positive start. Uh, the it was the number nine, wasn't it? Who got the century mm. for for knots? Uh, was 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 he is it was he like as a player? Because it's unusual that you look at a scorecard and suddenly the number nine's popped up and put on a 150 on the ninth wicket partnership. Yeah, Joey's a, a really, really good player. Played for the England under-19s two, three years ago now, um, two years ago, and took his first five for at Durham last year. But sort of, because there's been so much depth in the side, has only been able to play once opportunities have been afforded to him for one reason or another, whether that's sort of injury, um, and that's what it was for the... That's, you know, the case at the end of last year when he was playing a little bit more often than this year. I haven't got two overseas or two overseas hadn't, hadn't arrived and he got 100 in pre-season batting at seven or eight. Sort of forced his way into the side um, as more of a bowler really and, and batting at nine um, but proved what he can do with the bat. You know, he, he's not a number nine. He's probably more of a six or seven and if there's any way to sort of state your claim for, for moving up the order, that that's probably it but it's an interesting one for Pete um, when we do have all those players available to see what the selection is going to be yeah all in all uh a, not obviously not in a way the most riveting of opening weekends the county championship if there's been six draws but there's been there's been some interesting threads going on in there and those england top order batsmen will continue to try and state their claim uh, just running down the list bracy good burns <laughs> all right sibley golden not good for him uh hamid not great Lee's hit a century. Good for him. Pope, 58. That's good. Vince, 56. Good. Tom Abel being thrown around by various county people as a potential captain for England. I think scored one and then five and then didn't take any wickets. It wasn't a strong weekend for him. Uh, And Critchley scoring 132 as well. So they're... They'll continue to try and lob their hat into the ring over the course of the next few weekends. Right, we will be back with you straight on the other side of this. I just feel like he's in now, Steve Smith. He's just. I just feel like he's in now, Steve Smith. He's just seen the ball a lot better. It's that's in the Smith. Wood gets his man. That's right, probably the only time any of England player managed to get their man over the course of uh, the Ashes series. Uh, it's been a big week for Moores, Ollie. It's been, it's been a big week for me, a bad week for Brand Moores, we could say. This week has involved an entire Saturday on my own because no one was around. So I went to watch the Bolton game all on my own. I went to a Weatherspoons on my own for breakfast where I sat and read the book How to Make Great Radio. <laughs> Wow. That's a busman's holiday, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I had an eggs benedict. Not not bad on their brunch menu. £4.50. 
about five pound with a cranberry juice. I mean, really living, living the high life. And then the rest of the week, as a result of no one being around or they don't want to do anything with me, has been spent watching the IPL. My social life loss is my IPL knowledge is gay. To be fair, Bertie, I don't think mine's much better considering I do spend it glued to either a cricket stream or playing cricket myself. But I must admit my... um sort of vantage point of the IPL this year is out of context messages that are put into the group chat by either yourself yourself or Satch or maybe another group chat that I have from from friends at home so for instance I think this week they're just words that don't actually mean anything in isolation just Pat Cummins with an exclamation mark and you know it's the IPL I probably don't quite care enough to go and investigate what's going on so unless further information comes to light through the dialogue between you and Satch I don't really know what happened, but Pat Cummins did get some some serious runs, didn't he? Yeah, I mean the messages coming through from me are just things like "This is fantastic" or <laughs> yeah. uh, "Or what a funny player, great timing from Harsha on that one." Yeah, which doesn't tell me a lot. It's just good banter. Objectively, this is such a hilariously PK thing, which you wouldn't even know what PK means. No, I've got no idea what you're talking about. There. No, well, the IPL uh, rattles along uh, as part two, probably, of its 12-part series over the course of three years. So how it, how it seems to you, Ollie, in your words, it goes on for too long, and it goes on even longer this year. But no, let's start with Old Cummo. Best, best nickname in cricket that I can't believe he gets away with, Cummo. It just, it's good, isn't it? It always makes me laugh. Right, so Bertie, talk to me about the state of the game when he comes in. What What's going on? State of the game. Game's basically gone. Uh, oh. Game's basically gone. Old Cummo comes in and it's just there's a, there's a lot for him to do. If Pat Cummins is coming in at that stage in a chase after about 15 overs, it's things aren't things aren't right, are they? And they were chasing. The thing, the thing was, they weren't even chasing like that mad a score, to be honest. Mm. And he comes in, and then proceeds to completely dismantle the entire bowling lineup that's put in front of him. But and they won, yeah. But but that was what was so insane. They needed. Uh, can you can you just riff about the IPL for a minute while I get the scorecard up? Just then I can remind myself of the exact passage of play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can riff about the IPL. In fact, my extent to my research for the IPL um, this week was searching once again James Price Lucknow Super Giants um, I'll repeat the fact that our former Knotts physio uh, has moved to the IPL and to see a video of him leading Sweet Caroline but the lyrics changed to Sweet Super Giants um, with the whole Indian dressing room singing along was a surprise to say the least but um, I suppose it's not out of character for him Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Sweet Caroline, but to hear it all sung with uh, an Indian lilt led by a man called Pipe is something I can very much get behind. <laughs> yeah, sensational. Um, yeah, I look forward to, I don't know if we can play a clip or play a clip at some point. Hopefully we can get him on the show. Um, but that will be uh, 
that, yeah, that, that's been the first thing mentioned. I think, yeah, we'll talking. put it in. Hopefully, it won't get grabbed for rights as potentially it's, it's audio that's connected to the IPL. So the IPL might be like, right, we'll we'll take that down. Not having that. Uh, but uh, that's some good riffing. It's better better than usual. Normally, when I do that, you're like, hmm. <laughs> Thanks. It's all I had to be honest. But, uh, it's all I had. I no, Como comes in, 101 for five. Dre Rush has just got out. 13.1 overs gone. They're chasing 162. So 101 for five. So they still need like 60 yard off seven overs, nine and over. But it's not it's not the easiest wicket to play off. And then Cummins comes in, hits a 14 ball half century, <laughs> and then the final shot, which takes him from 50 to 56, is another six to take into 56 from 15, which equaled the quickest ever IPL half century. And it's not Virat Kohli, it's not Andre Russell, it's not Chris Gale, it's Pat Cummins. Not only is he a great looking bloke, can he bowl really well, although not recently in this tournament so far, he can bat really well. He, there, must, there must be something something there that's weak. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was probably about to say something not entirely appropriate. Um, potentially, yeah. I do actually think, right, on the topic of this, and I'm, I can't say I'm going off topic, I'm not really, but in relation to this, I don't think there's much of an excuse for bowlers not to be good at batting anymore. <laughs> this is, right, this this is the, the, you know, comment I'm throwing into the abyss here. But, okay, if you're a batter, you might not physiologically be able to bowl first you haven't got the capabilities i just feel like batting is one of those things where you can groove yourself such that anyone could be able to do it if they spent long enough yeah as a, as a mean, man who averaged three in the junior leagues of bolton in the in the sort of inferior junior league of bolton and has played a lot of cricket and never got any better at it i'm not quite sure i can get behind that but there are so few like genuine walking wickets in, in, in I'm not just talking about the IPL now or 2020 cricket I'm talking about cricket like actually which surely speaks volumes about the the you know how far batting has come from tail enders so I do think we're heading in a direction where almost from like one to nine ten you're getting players who are capable of doing what our good friend Camo did here yeah, and, and Cummins actually has a good record against pace and took down fellow Australian in the 16th over. should be worth pointing out that the chase was done with four overs to spare after Cummins had come in. And I think he took 35 off the final Sam's over, which won the game. And he just said, look, it is like every ball that was going down there, you just knew it was going for six. And what was almost, almost like really agonising for both batsman and bowler was... Cummins could have got the record for fastest over 50 in 13 balls, but there was one of those juggly catches on the mm. on the boundary rope. But So he very nearly got to the 50, and so he was like out from that, and then it gets called a no ball, <laughs> and they run three off it, and then he just spanks the next two for boundaries. Excellent stuff. The classic bit of IPL. Uh, IPL has been serving up some lovely old games the past few weeks there's there's genuinely been some really really good cricket uh other big news around uh aside from teams that we'll, we will get onto ashwin retiring out huge yeah i, I mean I, I have said that i don't follow it and like you know haven't been following it 
too closely, but this has been everywhere because it's the first time that it's happened. So I understand that a player's been tactically retired out. Is that right? Yeah, it's one for the badges, isn't it? Yeah. And then people talking about, oh, what a great blow Ravi Ashwin is because he sort of understood the assignment and all this shit. I actually don't think it's going to happen as much as everyone, you know. But it's the first time it's sort of happened in reality. It what happens, which means it doesn't mean that everyone's going to go, shit, Ashwin's done that. I'm going to follow his tracks. No, but, yeah, I, I agree. I just think there's been this suggestion that now they've done it, it's going to be like commonplace. I don't think it necessarily is because, again, I'm basing this on narrative, not stats. But I think you'll you probably get a greater benefit from the batter just swinging hard and you know playing high risk cricket and potentially getting out than you would actively choosing to retire them. Yeah, uh, at that stage in the game, uh, the Royals were was 135 for five after 18.2 and Ashwin Ashwin had been in a while he'd been in for 40 minutes 23 balls he's got 28 runs he'd got two boundaries two six but he'd obviously like wasn't properly getting going and went you know what I've got Hetmar at the other end I'll throw him wicket and if uh, Parag and Bolt want to come in and just throw the bat at it they might just happen to switch it up a little bit and in that final two like 1.4 overs they hit they hit 30 runs so so it sort of worked it probably gained them an extra extra 10 runs whether through it was dint of luck or 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 a really well judged strategic decision but it, it definitely it was definitely one that really got the badges going wasn't it yeah i think was it Parag who came in because i think yeah, i think i saw he got eight or four yeah but which doesn't, doesn't sound like anything but to go at 200 like that's yeah he hit a six and got a, got a got a two and uh yeah. probably hit my first a few balls as well not a bad return i think um i wonder how many players would be agreeable to being whisked off that's another consideration i wouldn't have thought it'd be men then there'd be many but that's very ashwin isn't it you can you always get the impression that he is he's that sort of guy like he's not yeah. going to be one who really hogs the hogs the strikes so that he I can get a red ink <laughs> I agree and he's like a proper cricket badger isn't he so he probably really buys into the like percentages and the stats behind you know if I get bought off and someone scores at 200 off three balls or or whatever then that would be better for the team and I think cricket can be quite especially with batters can be quite an egotistical thing um, So and I can't see you know a lot of players being happy being whisked off if they're not striking it cleanly no, no. And, yeah and uh it must be. I don't know whether it was something which had been previously discussed within the team, or if you just went, "God bloody hell, I can't can't connect with anything here." Like, I might as well just. There's no point. I'm going. I've had enough. Uh, from an English perspective, uh, Joss Butler and Leaving Livingston really hitting their straps. We've already had a Butler century and a fifty, and uh, Liam Livingston is part of a uh, silly fun team. <laughs> Uh, the that Punjab was the Kings. biggest one, I think, for out of context, the wrong one that were just coming into the group. It was just words, words. Livingston, wow, this is unbelievable. Livingston had hit a, a two a ball sixty odd, and he's he hasn't seemed to have been able to perform that well in the subcontinent. And there seemed to be a little bit of worries that if he can't do it this season, he might not get another gig at it, even though he's paid so much money to do so. Mm. Uh, but he has. He has taken some bowlers uh, to the proverbial cleaners and Punjab Kings are just sort of like great fun in that they're a side that will just try and outscore the other team every time. 
it probably won't win them the title, but it might might push them up the table a few places. There's no way you can win the IPL with having like no discernible bowling depth. I quite like the idea that it's like a, a football team who can't defend who just go all out attack. That that's sort of like the premise that I'm getting here. Yeah, I like in the batting order they've got Mayank, Shikadawan, uh YJB, Liam Livingston, Odin Smith loves a big hit. Like there's there's runs in that team, but with the ball they're just like not as good. And but they they are entertaining to watch, which is far better than the just oh aren't Punjab Kings still absolute horse this mm. year? And the moment that you mentioned about this is fantastic, like this is just good stuff to watch was Punjab Kings against I believe I think it might have been Gujarat Titans perhaps, and Rahul Tawatia is. He, he requires 13 off two balls. Odin Smith is bowling. Like, all he's got to do is just, like, not bowling no balls or anything. But the previous ball, he then... It's not back to him. Dot ball. Someone's out of, like, out the crease or something. And he, like, tries to, like, run them out for, like, no reason. Just because although he's seen the stumps as a throw at it, they get a single. Then they need 12 off two. And then he just blasts two sixes of the final two balls like one of the all-time great overthrows it's like oh this is this is great value like there's absolutely no way he should have done that and then to have the script written so that he'd be punished in exactly that manner was fantastic and uh Tawati is such a sort of enigmatic player if you look at his stats like sometimes he'll go and run a ball and then every so often he'll just go like right I'll hit two sixes off two balls and, and that still's done so we start. We started to, you know, I asked last week who was going to win. I think everyone sat on the fence. Uh, Satch definitely sat on the fence. Are we starting to see is, is someone starting to emerge now? Uh, I, 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 I don't. Have, I'm going to be honest. I don't actually have enough expertise to be able to answer that question. Okay. Uh, but I, I think it's a longer season this year. There's an extra four games for each side, so it does make a difference if you've got 18 games rather than 14 games, doesn't it? If you start badly, you could still claw it back, even if there are more teams to climb over in order yeah. to get into the top four for the playoffs. The teams that, that do seem quite good, I think... I, th I think I've quite liked watching Gujarat Titans. They've been quite good to watch. Uh, Rajasthan Royals have been quite good as well. I think you can almost see which teams are the bad teams more easily yeah. than the good teams. Well, no, and... It's interesting you mentioned the length of the tournament itself because it, an 18-game tournament probably lends itself ugly for the teams that aren't performing as well now to a change maybe of philosophy. So if Punjab had decided, you know, we joke about it, but if they decide that just going gung-ho isn't the way to seek victory, then maybe they, you know, try and, you know, approach the game in a, in a slightly different way. And that's that's what the longer season does bring in. Yeah, I mean, this it's you're still, in a way, in the part of the season where it's almost statistical noise if you see what I mean so you can't quite tell with the T20 game because it can come down to like fine moments but there's three teams that after four plus games have only only lost one game and those are the Royals RCB who have who've actually looked pretty good and and really have, have dis dispatched the odd side of the season so far mm -hmm. and Gujarat Titans but I think we can only really comment in come back in a couple of weeks when we've played eight games each the teams that aren't doing well Mumbai Indians and CSK now, both of those have lost all four of their opening games. Now, I just want to say a couple of words about Mumbai Indians because if you look down each of the games that they've played, they have been fairly straightforwardly, comfortably beaten. But 
they almost just have seemed to almost completely sacked off this season, like with the auction and the way they've set themselves up, in that obviously there's still some very good players in there. Roy Sharma, Surikumar Yadav is still an unreal player. Uh Tomar Mills is great because he because he's English. Uh and but at the same time, their pro as a team, they have decided to sign Joffre, knowing that he's going to be completely out for this entire season. Spaff a load of money on Joffre. Mm. Money well spaffed, in most people's <laughs> opinions. Uh but he's not he's he's not here for this season. So that's that's money put to Joffre, which doesn't go towards this season. And then they're prioritizing the likes of DeWall Bravis, who is an eighteen year old player. He's played like very well, he's eighteen, he's not gonna have played many professional games before as a batsman and he can maybe do a little bit of spin, prioritising him for this season, just to back him. Like Sams and Thampi aren't like your typical Mumbai quality with the ball, like at all. And it's even seemed strange that they've not like played Tim David at times. They only played two overseas players the other day, which seemed a touch bizarre almost. You're like, like what are you doing? Like, what are you playing out here? Like, what, what's your end game? Uh, but, but no, it, it, knowing them, they will be excellent in a few years' time. And if you are willing to blood in an 18-year-old from South Africa who, who significantly uses up one of your overseas picks, he's not an 18-year-old Indian bat, he's a South African. <laughs> so, like, you're really going to be backing someone like that. But they don't seem to be entirely just well geared up for this season in general, which is a little bit of a shame when they've got a home crowd very often because so many of the games are being played around Mumbai and there's a real noise and they're really the sort of only home team and they're getting so far battered every week yeah well i suppose all i can say is there's you know as you point out there's got to be method behind their madness based on the fact that the last few years they've been so analytical and, and have got success from that approach so you know it, it doesn't seem like those few years five years were a fluke as much as you know an approach over a period of time so they probably are now after the super auction in, in a little bit, little bit of a transition period, um, seeking success probably two, three years down the line if it isn't going to pay off this year. And as well, it's significant that potentially there's been rumours that there might not be an auction, for me, another auction for many years, and they're going to start to move towards, I believe this to be true, towards almost a more traditional setup where teams are, there's more of an incentive to bring players through, that mm. sort of thing, whether the big mega auctions will see as frequently another question uh, but at the very least Mumbai Indians still have Karen Pollard going out to bat with a massive gold watch on <laughs> <laughs> it's not a uh, it's not a big franchise tournament if that doesn't happen is it no uh, I can't believe he doesn't look at it and go do I wear this when I'm facing like <laughs> facing a shed load of pace like my big my big massive watch as he then just clouts another six but uh, but no We'll have more IPL next week. More IPL next week. The original intention was to do the entire 100 draft on the men's side on the show today. Uh, but given that me and Ollie have already waffled on for 45 minutes, we're going to bring that to you later in the week as a, as a nice little bonus chunk to uh, accompany your Thursday bus ride trip to the gym. Although I don't know who'd be listening to us talk about the men's 100 in the gym. But it's up to you. Listen to to us wherever you like. So we will be back with you on later in the week and with the normal show back again next week talking about the Women's Hunter Draft, the IPL and so much more cricket going on. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.
is not quite sexy enough 